Okay, so let's get into Mythbusters. And uh, we're going to myth number seven. We've covered six so far, five the first week, only one last week because that was a biggie, you know, by heaven being boring. And so number seven, deceased family members guide us. Okay, we're, we're starting with ghosts here. I know that sounds like we're going all the way to dead people, but no, really we're talking about ghosts. But this is the myth is that deceased family members guide us, uh, you know, from above or whatever, or they can guide us right here. See, when most people use the term ghosts, they're thinking of disembodied souls, you know, the spirits of people that have died and their spirits still hanging around here. Kind of like, you know, some of the movies we've seen and which I've had this, had this question asked also, are ghosts real? And if so, should we fear them? Uh, now, I, you know, I was using this, but I found out Thursday night when I was at Hebrews Cafe with people a lot younger, most everybody was younger than me. I think everybody was that was there. Is they, a lot of them didn't know this movie. Well, Sam, you know, he, he dies and he he hangs around a little while to take care of his wife, you know, to see to her and everything. And, and you know, and, no, not quite. That's just not quite the way it works. Or Sixth Sense, you know, where the kid sees those dead people that don't know they're dead. You know, <laughs> no, that's not quite it. But that's what we think of when we think of ghosts. We think of these people that's just kind of still hanging around, you know, good ghosts and bad ghosts, right? You know, some good spirits and some bad spirits. Not quite. That's not what, you know... But what do you do with all these people that say, I've seen something, I hear something, I feel something? Okay, let me tell you, at least 90% of that stuff you see on reality TV of people seeing ghosts or whatever, it ain't, it ain't real. That's a fake, okay? But is there really something to some of that, Pastor? Well, I can't tell you what I think. I got to take you to where? The Word, because that's where truth is, okay? The whole thing, all of these myths, if we're busting them, we're going to bust them with the Word. So let me take you to some Word, all right? And we start with Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Eve was tempted by Satan, a serpent. It said, okay, but we know in the, in the New Testament this is referred to several times, and it always refers to it being Satan in the form of a serpent or a snake, you know? And so she was tempted by this snake, but are you getting this? He says, Yea, hath God said, I think that's the way King James says it, yea, hath God said, and then she says, well, God said we could eat of every tree. And they, she has a conversation with a snake that is possessed by the devil. That's pretty weird. Of course, my wife thinks every snake is possessed by the devil, right? But, but I mean, that's pretty weird. Come on now. You know, and here, here's, the, here's the thing is we, we, we kind of get all weirded out when we talk about spiritual things. But you know, we're, we're kind of full of ourselves if we think Everything is all about this little bit, little bitty period of time that we live on the face of this earth. Hell, it's about a whole lot more than just what's going on that we see with our eyes. There is so much more. She had a conversation with a possessed snake. You know, if, if, if that's what I read the word to say, right? And then Jesus, when he was tempted, what happened? He was tempted by Satan. He had a conversation with Satan. Satan tempts him, tells him, why don't you do this? And Satan says, I can't, and gives him scripture. He had a conversation with temptation. You ever had, a, I've had conversations with temptation. I said, not, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I had a conversation, you know, I had to throw that back at him. Conversation with temptation, Jesus did. You know, or, or the, uh, King Saul in the Old Testament. He had a tormenting spirit that would come to him at times and just torment him. And that was when they would bring David in with his harp and he would play and he would play his music that was, you know, anointed and play it to God. And that, that anointing would just draw in the good spirits and, and, and it would drive out that tormenting spirit. Now, if that happened to all of them, then it makes sense that, yeah, it's probably still happening today. 
You know, but I know some people say, oh, but it doesn't happen as often as it happened back in those days. Well, you got to remember, the Bible wasn't written about a you know, three-month period of time. I mean, it's thousands of years that the Bible was written about, okay? So all of these angels that, you know, are demons and things and temptations, all this stuff happening, it happened over a long period of time, okay? It wasn't just in those, those few little moments of time. But these are not ghosts. They're evil spirits, well, where do these evil or spirits come from, or who are these evil spirits? So uh, let me tell you, because Jesus tells us. Right, no, let me tell you, let Jesus tell you. In uh, Luke chapter right, uh, 10, verse 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Uh, a lot of scripture I could take you to in, in the Old Testament as well as the book, uh, book of Revelation. Here's what we find out Satan was actually an angel, a good angel. He was an angel like Michael or Gabriel. He was one of the angels of heaven. And actually, he gave praise to God, as all angels did. But he had this special calling to do so. But he rebelled. And when he rebelled, God kicked him out of heaven. And, and, and he actually, his, his, his realm or his area now is the earth. You know, this is where he does all of his deeds and everything. So he's here at the earth, and he was kicked out of heaven. And Revelation chapter 12 tells us that when he did this, a third of all the angels followed him in the rebellion, and so they also were kicked out of, out of heaven. So now we've got all these evil, rebellious spirits that are here. And yeah, and, 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 they, and they do, they do their, you know, their deeds against us. And, and, and you know... They bring temptations to us a lot of times, just like as we read the scriptures just a few moments ago, they bring temptations to us. Now, listen, every temptation you have isn't from the devil. Sometimes you're filling your life, your body, your heart, your mind with stuff you shouldn't be filling it with. And temptation just comes from the natural flow of your flesh because of all the stuff you've been putting there. But sometimes you get a temptation. It's just, where did this come from? You ever have one of those? It's like I was talking to a, a person just a couple of weeks ago, and, and they said this. They said, you know, I have never been tempted in this area in my life, and all of a sudden it's like the floodgates have opened and the devil is unleashed. Exactly, that's what he does. Sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll have a lot of temptations that are just, man, you're, you're watching the wrong stuff. You're filling your heart and mind with the wrong stuff. And sometimes you will have the floodgates of hell seem to open and, and Satan will just empty temptation on you and heap temptation on you. But let me give you some encouragement because you remember the question, are ghosts real? Do we have to fear them? Are ghosts real? That was the question that, that one of the questions that we got. Are ghosts real? Do we have, well, first of all, not really ghosts, but yeah, those spirits are real, but not ghosts in the way we think of them. But evil spirits, yeah, they're real. Do we have to fear them? Let me show you something. Job chapter one, verse six, seven. I'm sorry, back up. Uh, Got to get Job chapter one, verse six, seven. On one, one day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. Here's what's going on. God's on his throne. The angels come and they present themselves to God. Perhaps they're saying, okay, what's my marching orders for this week? You know, and God says, okay, there, there's a family that's going to be going through something really tough. So I need you to get a couple angels and be guarding over them this week. Or, or this family is really going to be under attack. And so as my word says, get some angels and go camp around about them and take care of them. I, you know, they were presenting themselves. Maybe they were sharing reports with God and God was telling them, I want you to go do this. So, so while they were doing this, it says Satan also came. And the Lord said to Satan, <coughs> where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. It is here in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the book of Job that Satan, get, Satan gets permission to tempt or test Job. <clears throat> now listen, I know if you've ever read or heard anybody talk about Job, I know you've probably got questions about all this tempting and testing and how God, God's will is all. And that's a whole different subject of another set of messages. We don't have time to get into that. Here's what I want you to get, though, is Satan had to get 
permission to even test Job. You get this? Satan can't even tempt you until he talks to God. He has to have permission of this, okay? I'm going to pull this back together in just a moment, telling you three things right here, okay? But let me tell you one more thing just about these evil spirits, okay, these fallen angels that are now the devils. That, that verse there, Luke 10 and 18, let's look at it in context. Luke 10, 17 through 19. Uh, Jesus has sent out 72 of his disciples. I know sometimes we just think about the 12 disciples. Those 12 were guys that he had with him every single day, ministering and, and working with him. But he had a bunch of disciples, and here he had sent out 72 disciples, and when they came back, he had sent them out preaching. When they came back, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. And so, and so he, he said, yeah, I'm the one that saw this, and I have this authority, and I give this authority to you now. Are spirits real? Do we need to be worried about them? Concerned about them? Fear them? No. You don't need to, you don't need to fear them because here's the three things that you learned right here just a few moments ago in, in these past few minutes. What you have learned is that no matter how many demons of hell, I'm pretty good at math and I got this figured out, is that if a third of the angels fail, that means two-thirds are still on our side, right? So that means no matter how many demons are fighting you, that means there's two angels to stand against every one of those demons. And also, we found out that God is still sovereign and empowered over all those things. He has the authority, and the devils have to come to him for permission just to tempt you. Just to tempt you. If they just want to bring a temptation, they have to get permission. And then this authority, God also says, I am giving it to you. You have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear. You don't have anything to worry. And so when we, when we talk about these spiritual things, a lot of times, especially young Christians, get a little weird and scared, like, oh, no, I'm worried. No, you don't have anything to fear. We need, we need to get to the place where we're comfortable with the spirit life and the spirit realm because we need to understand that our side is in charge of the spirit life. Our side's in charge of this. We're winning. God's in charge, and he controls it all because twice as many angels as there are demons, he's got all the authority, and he gives that authority to you. So pray in that authority. Myth number eight, okay, is that we'll become angels. Okay, now let's talk about these, um, you know, these good, good spirits. We'll become angels like, you know, Dudley and, uh, and the preacher's wife. And that's a great Christmas movie if you've not seen it. I really love, I really love the music in it. Whitney Houston, man, she was awesome. I, actually, I, my kids gave me the soundtrack to it, and I got a ticket because of that soundtrack because the, the, just that song, I was getting more and more into it. My foot was getting heavier and heavier. I, honestly, I got a ticket. Uh, and this, I mean, this was years ago. Uh, I, I, this was back in uh, 98. I got a ticket. So this movie's been around a little while but Dudley comes he's you know he, he was a person he lived he died now he's come back as a guardian angel to guide this this preacher and his wife and his family through a tough time that they're going through not quite exactly okay but a good movie but it doesn't really match up with scripture or this is one of my favorites also is it's a wonderful life I mean that's a classic that is a classic movie and Clarence also same kind of thing He's a guy that lived many years ago. He died. Now he's an angel. And he's come back to help poor old, uh, well, J Jimmy Stewart plays the, the character there, help him through his tough time, hoping that if he does a really good job, he can earn his 
Right. We see, we know the story. Even if you don't know the movie, you probably know the story, right? I mean, that's what it is. Is we, we become angels and we got to do, we come back here and help people through tough, great movie, but no, not so much on scripture, right? Or, or, or you, you know, like St. Peter, he's there at the gate, you know, because Jesus said that about him having the keys, you know, you know, that about that. We think he was saying to him, no, that's not what he's doing. But now we've got this idea that Simon, Pe- Simon Peter's there, you know, and, and he's at the gate and we got to talk our way into heaven. Well, look again in that book because, you know, you remember that time I did so and so and so and we got to earn our way into heaven. We'll become angels. We'll be doing all these things. No, we're, no, we won't become angels. The angels that are in heaven are not dead people that have now become angels. Okay. Uh, humans are one creation of God and angels are another. Show it to you. Where? In Scripture. Not, not my opinion. This is in Scripture. In Job chapter 38, verse 4 and 7, God says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. When God was building the earth, he hadn't made man yet. When he was building the earth, the angels were singing and shouting for joy. So the angels are already here. And then human beings, me and you, and our, you know, Adam and Eve, we were created. We're totally set. We're different than them. It's not the same. We're, we're, they're different than us, which is a good thing because, for a lot of reasons. But like we said last week, if you missed last week's sermon, make sure you listen to the podcast. We're not going to change that much as far as who we are. There's a lot of stuff that's going to change. Our, our, our appearance may be somewhat, you know, we're going to be in a glorified body. Talk about that next week. But, uh, but, you know, who we are, our personalities, those things don't change so much. We're not going to become a different creature. We're not going to become an angel. Okay, we're not going to become that. Angels are separate beings, and thank God for it. Here's why, because of the role of angels. And somebody asked that question, what is the role of angels? What role do angels play in our lives today? I've heard people say they have had encounters with angels before. Is that real, or have they watched too many episodes of Touched by an Angel? Love that question. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just watched too many. But you know, that's the, that's the way we kind of look at people when they say, you know, they, they've, they've seen an angel or sensed an angel. It's like, mm, yeah, yeah, you're a little weird, aren't you? But what do you do with that? Because... I know people, and I don't mean I know people. I mean, I know people that have said they have sensed presence. And it's people I know. <laughs> I'm not talking, it's people that I know. You know, it's not some weirdo or something. It's people that I know. You know, somebody starts talking about that kind of thing, and you think, well, they just had too much of that medicine that the dentist gave them after they had their root canal, you know, and they're still a little hung up on that. But no, it's, it's reality. It's in the, it's in the Bible. Again, so why wouldn't we expect it today? You know, Abraham got so much direction from angelic visitors that came to him and told him things to do. Mary, when she was going to become pregnant and, and give birth to Jesus, you know, the angel showed up and said, hey, you're going to get pregnant. And, and listen, I know you hadn't been with a man, so I don't want you to be confused by what's going on here. God's doing this thing to you. And then Joseph's like, why? She has, she's been unfaithful to me. She's pregnant. Angel had to come to Joseph and say, no, 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 let me straighten this out. So it makes sense, you know, that if... If it happened then, it had to happen. It's having to happen some now as well, isn't it? So what is the role of angels? Well, you see it right there in the book of Hebrews. Ministering to the heirs of salvation. Who, who's that? That's me. I'm, 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 I'm going to get it. Y'all plan on getting it. I don't mean just the salvation that we have today, but the fulfillment of our salvation when we are there with him and it's all over with and we're dead. I'm getting that. I, I, I plan on inheriting that, don't you? So that means he, these angels are ministers to us. Now, he didn't say servants. Nowhere in scripture do we get to boss them around. You know, you don't see any of that like, hey, the angels are there for you. Just tell them what to do and they'll do it. There's no direction to do anything like that, is there? But they're ministering to us. And most of the time, I think most of the time, we don't know that they're ministering to us. 
I think sometimes, yes, sometimes we do, we do sense a presence of, but you think about some of those times. Oh man, you ever had a near-death experience that you can't explain how you got out of it? You know, you ever have one of those? You almost pulled out in traffic and something helped you stop the car and the other car swerved around you or a kid almost stepped in traffic. And it's like God had sent an angel to be there at just the right time to snatch it back and to make sure. Angel, and I believe we get to heaven, we get into eternity one day and God's going to open our spiritual eyes. We'll, we'll look back and we'll see all the times that angels were there ministering to us. Yeah, they're for real. And they're there to minister to us. And there's another role that they have. They're warriors. Daniel tells us that. They're warriors. And I, I got, got you a picture of a couple of angel warriors up here now. I mean, that's what, that's what we see as angels, don't we? Yeah. You know, Cupid and his buddy up there. Yeah, man, now, now when the devil comes against me, that's really what I need fighting on my side. I'm going to call for Cupid and say, you and your buddy come bring your bow in there. Right? But I mean, that's, now listen, you ladies, some of you ladies that decorate your house with these things or what, I'm not telling you these are evil or whatever, and you got to get rid of them. I'm just saying, hey, if you'd like to decorate with those, fine. But when you pray and don't pray and think that God's going to send Cupid, you know, you need to be praying that God's got some warrior angels ready to fight for you. And I wanted to give you a picture of those. And I thought, yeah, I look for pictures. I, you know, I Googled it. I look for pictures. And they're so two-dimensional. You know, pictures always are, right? And I mean, you know, they're so dead. And life, the best pictures I could find, they just didn't, just didn't do it service. So I thought, I got to show you somehow for you to get this of what is really fighting for you. And I thought, and I remembered in the, the miniseries, The Bible, from earlier this year. So let me show you a little montage of angels and uh, the warrior angels. That's what I'm talking about. You know, when Satan comes against me, those are the guys that God sends to show up on my side. Not, not, little, not little Cupid and his buddy here. But I mean, a warrior angel, you know, come on. Let's go. Come on, Satan. You know, taking off his rope, pulling out. I love that. Pulling out those swords, you know, and that, pulling out. That's, that's, the, that's the ones that, that show up. That's the warrior angels that show up. You know, we, so go ahead. Decorate with those if you want to. But man, when you're praying, believe that you've got warrior angels that are encamping around about you. There's, there is nothing, there is nothing that can harm you, uh, even for a temptation. He's got to go get God's permission. You have warrior angels. Warrior angels. You know, and, and here's the reason. You see, we sometimes forget because spiritual things are so, woo, you know, we sometimes don't dwell and we forget. This is a battle. This is not a game. You know, it's not decoration. It's not a game. This is a battle. And that's why when you first pray, everything doesn't just work out. Because when you start praying and you start attacking the enemy, he pulls his sword out too. You've got somebody you're concerned about, you want them to get right with God, you start praying over them, and you think, they're going to start living right and do it. Not Probably not at first. Satan's going to get his sword out and say, no, 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 this is mine. And I'm, he's not going to let go. He's going to fight harder. So what do you do? Give up, walk away? Act like Cupid up here, you know, just hang out on February 14th. What? No. What are you going to do? He said, no, wait a minute. You know, as, oh, as, remember Elisha, the time when, when, when his buddy, his servant 
could just, could just see the enemy that was against him. But Elisha saw all the, the hosts of heaven that were with him. And he said, those who are for us are more than those who are against us. He said, God opened his eyes and he opened his eyes and he was able to see all the hosts of heaven, talking about the armies of the angels that were around them. You need to realize and pray and never, never give up, never back away, never slack off. When things get harder, just understand. That's because the devil don't want to lose. He sees, that, he sees that you're about to win a victory and he fights harder. Yeah, I, I, I'm a sports nut. You get into the fourth quarter, you expect the team that's losing by a touchdown to just quit because... They're down by touch. No, they're going to fight harder. And you know, a lot of times they're going to go for broke because they ain't got nothing to lose. Satan has nothing to lose. He's going to fight you hard, but you understand that's not who's fighting on your side. You've got warrior angels fighting on your side. Myth number nine is that we can pray to dead people. So now we're getting to the dead people. We can pray to the dead. You know, like uh, you can, you can, you got, uh, the first person I remember in my family dying was Uncle Luke. And I don't even know I don't even know that I ever met Uncle Luke, but I went to his wake. You know, I went to his house and there they had the casket and the body sitting in their house. They used to do that, kids. Do you know? Thank God we don't do that kind of thing anymore. But there was the body in the casket in his house, you know, when I was a little boy. I don't remember Uncle Luke other than being in that casket, you know. And so I could pray to Uncle Luke, say, Uncle Luke, you've been up there longer than anybody else in my family. So Uncle Luke, how about easing over to the throne room. I got a problem. Would you tell God about it, you know, and let him know it. And, and since he's close and, and there are a lot of people that think you can pray to them. There are religions that encourage you to, there's a, there's one huge religion that some of you are familiar with, and they don't just say you should, they say you have to, you have to pray to the dead. You can't pray to God cause he's ticked off at you. I mean, you, you, the way you've lived your life, God's just ticked off at you. you. You cannot talk to him. He just ain't listening, you know. You can't talk to him. You've got to pray to dead people. But the Bible, starting in the Old Testament, remember the New Testament didn't do away with the Old Testament. It fulfilled it. The Old Testament forbids us to talk to dead people. It forbids us. So, yeah, the, the, the mediums and going to, mediums and going to uh, seances. Is that wrong, Pastor? Uh, read the Scripture. Don't ask me. Read the Scripture. He forbids us to talk to dead people. He forbids us to pray to dead people. Why would he do that? Because he wants us to talk to him. I mean, it's that simple. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want me to have a relationship with my dead Uncle Luke. He wants me to have a relationship with him. He doesn't want me to spend my time talking to Uncle Luke. He wants me to spend my time talking to him. There is nobody, there is nobody standing between you and God. You can talk directly to him. And here's how, you see, here's the thing, is it's not set up that way. For, they're not standing between you and, and God. It's not set up that way. You ever been to it, like into a public building to get something done, like, you know, the DMV, you know, to get a tag or something? And you're trying to get, you're trying to get a tag and you're thinking, there's a lot better way to do this. Has anybody besides me ever thought that? You know, there's a lot, and, and so you're thinking, they need to, now what if you tried to do it your way? Guess what, you ain't getting a tag. <laughs> Because it's not set up that way. And so in the same way with God, it's not set up that way. I don't care how you feel about it. If you think you've got a better idea or you really want to pray through your mommy to God because she went and passed away, you know, some time ago. It doesn't, it's not set up that way. We can't reach God that way. He de Let me show you how it's set up, okay? It's set up this way. Is that, first of all, is that we're commanded to pray through Jesus. 
Jesus is God, the Son of God, the, the Son of the Father of God. I, again, that's that Trinity thing. I don't understand. Three is one and one is three. In my, you know, in my math mind, that, that doesn't work. I don't understand, but there's something there. And we're, we're commanded. We're not just offered the opportunity. Why don't you pray through Jesus? No, we're commanded to. From this point on, he's saying, at this time, you will ask in my name. He has been, he's been tempted in every point, in every manner, like we were tempted when he was here on the earth, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and we're said, we're encouraged, pray through him. We're commanded, pray through him. You know, and, and so, you know, we have not just the ability to, but we're expected to. And, and then also, the, the, third, the third thing here, which is the second good part of this, is that the Holy Spirit is our guide. Dead people are not my guide. Uncle Luke is not my guide. The Holy Spirit is my guide. This, word, this scripture right here says he's the helper. He's the guide. He's the teacher. He's the one that reminds me of all the stuff that I've read in the Bible. And here again, let me throw in a little commercial for the Bible. He can't remind you of what you hadn't read. Okay. Amen. But he reminds you. He encourages you. He directs you. He gives you guidance, wisdom, strength, and, and, and help. He's your helper. All of those things. So think about it. Here I've got, I've, got, I've got Jesus, the Son of God, sitting beside God the Father, and I've got the Holy Spirit right here by me, helping with all this. Why do I want to pray to Uncle Luke? <laughs> you know, think about it. Why do you want to pray to Uncle Luke? Jesus Christ, Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, putting all enemies under his feet, died for my sin and for your sin. And on the third day, He's the only person who ever raised from the dead under his own power. You know, Lazarus, I know about him. Jesus wanted to raise him up. Only one that raised up under his own power from the dead, raised up on the third day, ascended back to the Father, and is now seated at his right hand, and he says he is ever making intercession, or he is constantly telling God what you and I need. He is ever, all the time, doing that. And, and, and one of the very first prayers that he prayed was the Holy Spirit. He said, when I get to the Father, I'm going to pray this. I'm going to say, they're going to say, Father, they got to have some help. They're going to have a tough time while, while I'm gone from there. They're going to need some help. I've been with them. They're going to need some help. Let's send the Holy Spirit back to them and, and this Holy Spirit that will infill them and empower them. And God's, and Jesus said, you know, they need those, those nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, because they need healings and miracles and, and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. They need all those nine gifts. And they need the power. They need that. And so God has prayed that. So now we've got this. So we've got, we've got Jesus, the Son of God, sitting at the right hand of the, of the Father, whispering every one of our needs to him. And we've got the Holy Spirit who is here with everything. I mean, everything's already done. That's the way it's set up. That's the way it's set up. So what do you need today? What do you need? Need some guidance, direction? I mean, that's one of the top questions or requests for prayer I get is, Pastor, I just need some direction. You can need direction. The Holy Spirit's here. He said we're two or three gathered together in my name. I'm in their midst. He's here, right here, to give you direction, to give you wisdom, to help you know what decisions you need to make. What do you need? You're sick? You need a healing? The Holy Spirit's here. It's one of the gifts. It's one of the things he does. You, you, you need a miracle? He's here. That's another one of the things he does. What do you need? You need some forgiveness? Just ask for it. Jesus is listening. It'd be kind of foolish for Jesus to say, I'm going to carry all your needs to the Father and not be hearing us, not listening to us. He's listening. He hears us when we call. He hears whatever. You need some forgiveness? 
something you've done, you've not been walking with him, all you got to do is ask. His mercies are new every morning. Whatever you need today. You're going through a tough time, you just need somebody to talk to, Jesus is listening. Whatever you need today, it's all right there. All you got to do is ask. It's all right here. The Holy Spirit's here and Jesus is listening. What more could we need? Isn't that an awesome place to wind up in a sermon on ghosts and angels and dead people? It's to understand, man, it's all right here. It's not weird. We've made it weird. Let's get rid of the weird and get back to the truth. We got everything we need, don't we? Stand with me. Come to the front. Let's close right here. Final prayer, final song.